0: Chad, how old were you when you knew you wanted to be an actor?
1: I knew I wanted to be an actor at a very young age. I was always making movies uh, with the video camera that was like this big back in the day. (laughs) And always, uh, you know, putting on skits from my parents and whoever would watch. And and then as I got into like high school and stuff, I wanted to be a cop like my dad. I wanted to be a police officer, so I went to uh, the college and got a you know, signed up to be a police officer, the whole nine yards. And then uh, they were auditioning for a, a play in high school. And a buddy to me goes, uh, hey, you should audition. I'm like, I don't want to audition. No way. No way. He's like, come on, auditions for Guys and Dolls. So I audition, and I'm not a very good singer. I'm a terrible singer, in fact. But I got a small part, and then um, I got on stage, and then I realized then that was what I was good at. Uh, I'm not a sports guy, I was not a football player in high school, you know, um, acting was my thing. And then once I locked on to that, that I knew at a very young age that that's what I was going to do, nobody was going to tell me different, and, and, you know, looking back 22 years, you know, later, I'm really thankful that it happened, because it doesn't happen for a lot of people here that are trying to break into this crazy industry, so.
0: That's interesting So, because I know a lot of people that come from like families with law enforcement usually there's a long line of them and a lot of people are, are there. When you drive by let's say a police officer does it ever register in your mind like hmm you know that could be me right there? Had it been a couple change of events?
1: No because I don't have that inside of me. You know I'm not, I'm not a guy who's going to take down another guy. You know I'm not a guy that can pull a gun and, and make a, a life and death decision. Um, you know, with the exception of a few bad apples, I have nothing but respect for the law enforcement and what they do. I think they're true heroes. Um, whenever I see a cop, I think of my dad and I think of uh, him putting himself uh, out there in harm's way and, and helping people and being re- respectful to people and treating everybody with respect. So that's what I think about when I see police officers and I'm, I'm grateful that we have them. So.
0: Did you feel any pressure, though, to, to, to take another course, or, or, or they were supportive?
1: My parents were 100% uh, supportive of me from the very beginning because they saw. They saw that just this was what I wanted to do. This is what I was good at. And a lot of actors that I've talked to didn't have parental support, you know, which, which makes me sad because that's all I have is the support. Um, even to this day, I mean, they're 100% behind me. You know, if I book something that they're a fan of, it's always really exciting. I remember when I got ER and my mom flipped out because it was really big back in the time and, and George Clooney and all of this cool stuff. And, and uh, Or if there's a fun action movie, my dad will come and visit me on set. So it's they're amazing parents, and I've been so lucky to have their support, and it helps. I mean, you know, this business is very unforgiving in a lot of ways in terms of... Um, Uh, the rejection and the honesty that you get as an actor. Uh, So having that support when you fall down um, makes a difference.
0: Well, I have a quote from another actor this time, and it is, The further you get away from yourself, the more challenging it is not to be in your comfort zone is great fun. And this is from none other than Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh. So um, do you like playing roles that are sort of your polar opposite or maybe you're more of a chameleon you can be many things many days and that's okay because that's all part of it? Or
1: Yeah yeah I have been lucky that I can be a chameleon I think I'm more of a character actor so I don't really fit I don't think into any category. Um, uh, and it is a challenge to, to play somebody that's furthest away from you. And sometimes, most of the time, when you get those sides or you get that audition, you run from it. Be like, I, that's not, I can't do that. That's not, that's not for me. And they're never gonna pick me. They're never gonna choose me. And then you find a way to do it. You go in and you show them something that they didn't think about. And then you end up getting it. That's happened a lot of the times. And then it, it does challenge you to go deeper and to get in the mind of somebody else. And uh, I love playing somebody that's so completely opposite of me, but there's always a little part of you, I think, in every character that you portray because you have to start from somewhere. You have to start from you, you have to start from your own experiences and then kind of go from there.
0: So let's take that. If you, let's suppose you get a call back for something that you're already maybe nervous about, but of course they love you, would you then go and maybe start researching people of that type or it, would it keep in your mind when you see someone, let's say at the grocery store, similar to that, what, what's your process?
1: Um, my process usually is, honestly, I just, once you read an audition, um, you know, just kind of get this sort of energy that comes from the reading the lines and, and, and then I kind of, I don't even know what happens. I don't even think you can sort of put a, uh, a word on it. Just you, you get this sort of like, okay, that's how I'm gonna do it. And then it might be wrong, but you make a choice and then you go in there and hopefully uh, they like your choice. And then sometimes you go in there and they're like, no, we want to see it a completely different way. And then you have to sort of uh, uh, take direction on a dime because that's also part of the process, I think. They want to see you the character as the character, but they also want to see how well you can take direction in an instant because that's what it's like on set. You have to be able to meld yourself, you know, and take direction and go a different way if it's not working.
0: I know this is like a weird, like creepy question, but are you a people watcher? And I don't mean it in like, (laughs) (laughs) I know it could be taken so many ways. I love people. (laughs) (laughs) But... In yeah. terms of studying human nature and observing people is what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I am an observer. I'm the guy who will be on the wall at a party just kind of watching. I'm, I'm not uh, the guy who's like, hey, everybody. No, I, am, I watch people. And um, now, you know, it's tricky when they watch you. So it's kind of an interesting... Um, dichotomy is that right is that the right word dichotomy <laughs> sounds, oh, yeah. right. sounds right <laughs> sounds it sounds right use it go for it really good <laughs> uh, yes but it's um, <laughs> it's interesting uh, when you 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 know when once fame sort of enters the the, 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 the picture um, you know and then you have people staring at you and so it makes it interesting
0: Right. For the times that maybe you feel you can blend in more, which probably is, is not often, but like let's suppose you have a hat on or you just feel like maybe you're in a space where no one's really too celebrity focused. It's maybe another town or something. What, what catches your eye about people in terms of character study? Like, is there, you know, because for me, I'll see people at the grocery store and it'll be the person that's not really that glamorous, but they're just doing their own thing. And I'm like zeroed in on that.
1: Totally. It's uh, the people that have like interesting tics or walks or um, that have a disability. You know, um, I'm, I'm fascinated by how they operate with life and how they're interacting with people. So I'll really zero in on, on that because it's something I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, I, people do catch my eye and then I'll try not to stare because it's rude right. to stare. Sure. But I want to know, you know, and, I, and a lot of those things um, I have brought in in different characters, you know, I'll see somebody doing it and i remember it from years ago and be like, okay, that might work for this. So uh, observing is is uh, key, I think, to acting, you know, um,
0: yeah. And on the flip side, when the eyes are on you and maybe you're in more of a public setting, how does that feel? Do you ever feel pressure to be superhuman in some ways?
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to be, well, it depends on where it's at. If you're at an event, you know, where people are there to see you, yes, you know, you're on and it's a, you're present and, and um, it's a beautiful thing. And then sometimes, you know, I will have my hat on somewhere and I'm completely not even thinking about it. And then somebody will recognize you or it just catches you off guard, you know? And then you're like, okay, wait, yeah, I am hmm. in the public eye. I have to remind myself, you know, because I'll forget. Uh, especially like at here in LA, uh, where this is kind of our safe zone <laughs> as actors in a way um, But still I'll be at the Ralph's, you know, where I'm not and Ralph's is a local grocery mart in LA it's, it's, it, we love it here um, <laughs> But I'll be there not thinking of it and then somebody will say hey or you know, I'm like, oh wait You're right because when you go out of LA That's when people get really really excited, you know, because they don't see celebrities all the time You know, it's not in LA. We see everybody you know and we sort of like okay and this is where they live and, and uh, we respect that um, but when you go outside of LA that's when that's when people get really pumped not to say that they don't hear but it's just a different thing you
0: know? right just because today we're in this new age of phones and you know people get in fights on subways instead of calling 911 right. they just take their phone out do you feel any pressure that even if you're just you know at Ralph's and you're you know looking at the, the rock stars or the you know whatever the energy <laughs> drinks or something right. and then you feel someone's presence do you feel a little more self-conscious
1: absolutely absolutely it does make you feel self-conscious when someone's sitting there kind of and I always feel it I can whenever I go into some place now because of, of being recognizable I will sort of case the place before now I'll go in somewhere you know kind of be like okay this person will probably (laughs) recognize me and then you feel it I can always feel there'll be like a hush behind me you know what I mean (laughs) people will be talking and you feel this hush and you know that they're saying something about you and especially now you know people can get on their phones and they'll be like hey Chad your name's Chad, right? And I'll be like, yeah, you got your phone, right? Um, back in the day, you know, it was like, hey, Jesse, <laughs> hey, Ash, and I still get that a lot. But uh, now with the phones, uh, people can just go and type your name right away and, and figure out who you are. On the flip side, I think uh, these are weapons, too. I think um, we do have to be careful in these times because I've had plenty of people just all of a sudden just do just do this to me, and I'm like, Do you want a photo yeah 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 well how about you get in it and how about I take the photo and we can both be in it. Um, Fame is an interesting thing to watch people's uh, how they react to it it's almost like some people can chill and be cool some people lose their bodily uh, functions it's 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 fascinating to watch Um, uh, yeah And, and then some people will have a conversation about you and we'll be just as close as we are, and they'll be talking as if you don't exist, like you're an object. It's fascinating, it's fascinating, and I really try, I don't take it personally, you know what I mean? I understand that's the inner workings of fame and how it works and celebrity, um, but a lot of times it can be uh, uh, invasive, sometimes you know, when people uh, you know follow you into a restroom
0: or you know these
1: things happen. Yeah. but 98% of the time it's love and it's I feel really, really fortunate to have been in, in projects that um, wow. people know and they recognize me and, and that's you know, people are recognizing your work and that's that's a great thing.
0: I know I've heard Mark Marin talk about he could feel the room when he would go up on stage and tell, what was going to be sort of a, a a crowd that he would play to and they would love and then vice-versa And I think I heard Nikki Six say the same thing. He was very sensitive to the energy around him So when you feel that maybe the energy isn't totally friendly, what do you do? Do you leave?
1: I leave. Okay. I leave I've been in plenty of situations where um, people have wanted to fight me because I'm famous because maybe there were people in the room or a female that got excited and wanted a photo. And I've had uh, several people over the years want to come out and hurt me. And I just very coolly be like, it's not it's not me that you're upset with here. It's whatever you got going on and, 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 and it's cool and then I'll leave. I'll never stick around if somebody wants to uh, challenge me because, you know, hey Hollywood, you know I don't I don't put up with it so but you know it happens cool. it's yeah I always say fame is a double edged sword
0: right and I, I just have one last question then we'll move on sure. cuz I, I feel like I'm grilling you nah, with, it's but, all right. um when when you felt that that changed in your life because I'm sure there were times when in the beginning you could go places and then maybe people didn't have their agendas, whether it was they were in love with you or they were jealous of you, whatever right. it was. But when you felt it shift, how was that for you?
1: Um, I remember the moment that shifted and that was the day after Fast and the Furious came out. We, my family and I had gone to see it like in a, um, a town near Seattle. And we went into the theater, we watched it, and then we came out and I got mauled people. It was insane, and, uh, and I oh, was like, whoa, because yeah, I didn't expect that movie, you know, my mom asked me to, uh, she, We wanted to have a, uh, a film premiere of the Fast and the Furious back home, and I said, I go, mom, no one's ever gonna see this film, because I was ignorant, I was very young, and I didn't understand, again, you know, we go back to being young and sort of having those big hits, you know, you don't realize what you have. And that movie taught me that you never, never know. And I was so lucky to be a part of this huge phenomenon. And to this day, people recognize Jesse left and right. So I'm really fortunate. And I, and then after I got mauled, I went to another place and got mauled again. And then it just kept happening. And I remember that night, just, like it freaked me out so much. And I was kind of like, I, you know, was crying. I was like, I, I was really upset and my mom was there and I'm like, this, things have changed. Things have definitely changed. And it was a tearful joy, but also scary because it's like, whoa, you feel the shift. And then it hasn't been the same sense. And so you kind of learn to adjust and, um, you know, and I, again, I'm very thankful for it. But sure, it, it is a, uh, mm-hmm. it's an interesting a position to be in. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of people don't think about that cuz we're in such an era of people wanting to be famous right. whether it's on Tumblr or Instagram, Twitter whatever, but then there is this double-edged sword. But then you know the Chad that was the little boy in the second grade and you know right. a different Chad than the way maybe the world projects. So it's got to be an interesting thing because you know yourself as Chad the human and other right. people see a, a an actor, a right. superhuman, you know. Right, like, so they, they do. Handsome, a lot of people you know, see their movies. perception, mm-hmm. what
1: they want to think of you. It doesn't, it's not who I am. It's just what they see and what they want to sort of put into, into their little box about who you are. Um, and we do that with, I think, a lot of celebrities, but we just truly don't know. You know, my favorite is when somebody says, oh, so-and-so's an a-hole. <laughs> I go, really? Have you ever met this person? And we're talking about a celebrity. Oh, this celebrity is an, an a-hole. Really, have you ever met them? No. Then I'm like, then you can never say that about this person. You can't. Because somebody outside, out there is saying that Chad Lindbergh's an a-hole because I looked them a certain way, or I didn't hear them. Am I an a-hole? No. <laughs> so it's interesting when people say that. I just, I just think, you know, unless you know somebody in this business, you don't know them, so.
0: Sure, well I know Mickey Rourke was interviewed and he said that LA was a town built on envy. And I think that is true in many ways and, and wow. so I think sometimes a lot of it comes from that. Sure. Because you know, we wish we were there. But anyway, thank you. No, you no thank you. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love hearing
1: those stories. I mean, from guys that have been around doing this for years. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this a long time, but he's been doing it a long time and it's interesting to hear similar stories. I
0: yeah, it was a Piers Morgan interview. It was with Mickey Rourke. It was excellent. I highly wow. recommend it. It's all on YouTube. Okay, cool. cool. So we'll move on. from. Awesome. Have you always been obsessive about your career?
1: Right. Um, yes. I think you need to be somewhat obsessive in a healthy way. You have to have a healthy ego to be in this business. You have to know you're good in order to succeed in this business. If you don't believe that you're good, you know, then, then you got to go do something else because you're going to get hit time and time again about how you look. Uh, You know, you're this, you're that, Uh, you're too old, you're too, so you have to have a thick skin. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, just actually I was periscoping with somebody in the car before this, and I said I was doing this interview. And this guy goes, hey, get me into the business. And I said, get yourself into the business, (laughs) because it's hard work, you know. Um, And he's like, I want to be an actor. And I said, well, unless you are an actor, and you are 110% Don't do it, because it's tough. Again, I've had a long, beautiful resume, but it's still hard, even to this day. I have a movie coming out next year, but also I haven't worked in almost a year. So it's like, you have to be able to sustain yourself somehow through this business. And you know, uh, it's tough. So yeah, you you have to be obsessive to a A healthy degree, you know. Um, You don't want to be unhealthy, which is the other way around, and and tearing yourself down because as actors I think we are our own worst enemy, you know. It's much easier to uh, be loving and and inviting to somebody else, but how are you towards yourself? And as actors, man, all of our our emotions are on, on the level, on the skin level right here. They're always accessible. So, you know, it, it's a daily, I, I think, um, thing to remind yourself that you gotta love yourself and you gotta push yourself in this business and uh, don't become complacent.
0: That's interesting. So with with loving yourself, do you find that there are things outside of the business that you can focus on when maybe, Stuff dries up for a little bit, which I know it happens for every actor, yeah. and then all of a sudden, all these projects come at the same right. time. So, are there are there other things outside of the business that maybe you can focus on, and then?
1: Yeah, I, I, I say follow your passions, no matter where they lead, no matter what they are. Um, I, you know, I've been acting for a long time; it's who I am. But I also started uh, paranormal investigating, which I do relentlessly. It's also become a, uh, a religion for me in a way. It's kind of how I a spirituality, I should say, not religion. Um, uh, this is something I've been doing for, God, seven years now, and I go out and, and, uh, and uh, paranormal investigate. Now I lead tours myself and, and sort of help facilitate conversations between the living and the dead. Um, I did a show called Ghost Stalkers where they, uh, they put me and another guy named John Tenney uh, out into these really haunted places and left us alone overnight by myself. Uh, um, so yeah, and now that's, you know a, a, another passion of mine that has uh, helped sort of fill up the the times when I'm not working as an actor. Um, I do tons of investigations. I lead people now and and take them out to really haunted places. and and so it's it's good fun. Hmm,
0: that's interesting. I know with intuition, I, we all have it, but some people have it more to different degrees or they can develop it more. Um, was that something that you always had from the time you were little?
1: I think so. I think so. I've always been a very open person. Um, I had, a, uh, I had a, uh, a disease when I was younger called Rye Syndrome and um, it's a attacks the immune system. And uh, I remember the doctors uh, basically told my parents uh, he's going to die within a few hours. Go say goodbye, and I was maybe seven, maybe at the time, um, and I was expected to die. And I think in that period of time, because I was bedridden for about two months—not two months, excuse me, two weeks—in the hospital, I kind of floated in and out of death, sort of, kind of went back and forth. Whether that had something to do with me being open and being able to see ghosts and hear them. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then there were other kids in that hospital that died, and I lived. So I, I don't know if that had anything to do with um, me being open. Um, near-death experiences, I do believe, open people up in a way that uh, probably they needed. <laughs> something happens like that. We have to look at like. And I know this is going way off of acting, (laughs) but yeah, but (laughs) you know, it it all plays into um, uh, each other. Um, I think when you have uh, a near-death experience, uh, we need to look at that as uh, an awakening experience, and and how can we do that? uh, Use that to awaken.
0: Being intuitive, I know um, you probably pick up hits about whether it's a place, whether it's a person. How much do you say? because sometimes as intuitive people we have to learn to keep our mouths shut because yeah. we we know things or we at least we feel we do but maybe it's not our place to say them right um in, in the course of your day-to-day life because you have this ability um, it's one thing if you go into an area but let's suppose you're in LA <laughs> and and LA is is sometimes not the place to be the most brutally honest right but um <laughs> but i think as being a person that has sort of somebody that they're answering to that's maybe your or, or a con- consciousness about you maybe I'm not describing it right when do you filter yourself because I know that's a problem with a lot of intuitive people um I, I
1: try to feel I mean usually something will happen and then I'll be like well I dreamt that or I was thinking about this person you know and then you'll get a phone call or something like that so I think we're all tied in in some weird way and we have to um and, it, and it, again, it ties into acting. We need to uh, pay attention to our intuition. You know, I think a lot of the time, will that nagging feeling will come up about something and we don't listen to it, you know, then something happens and we're like, oh, we should have listened to that, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, you know, if, if there's something that I feel like needs to be said, I'll, I'll say it. But I mm. think a lot of... Um, I think there's a lot of uh, psychics or mediums or however you want to say it that uh, put forth that information without being asked and I don't think that's the right thing, you know? Usually if somebody says, oh I'm a this, I'm a that, I don't think you are. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you have to tell somebody that you're a this, you know, oh I'm an actor, I'm a this, I'm a that, no I don't know that you are because if you really are, do you, you have to say it? You know what I mean? Do you have to validate yourself? I don't know. I, I feel like you hear that a lot in this town especially.
0: Sure. I bet that's really interesting then when you're in a scene with someone because if you, let's just, I mean I'm just saying without putting a label on it, just being extra sensitive to energy. Right. Um, how is that? That must be amazing, or but it could also be interesting if maybe there's friction. How, how, do, you, how do you deal with that emotions? because I, I know a lot of people that are very sensitive, it's a lot of stimuli that comes at them.
1: Well, when you're acting, I feel like you've got to use whatever stimuli whatever stimuli you can grab onto to sort of like get you into a scene. I, I remember working on Sons of Anarchy, and uh, I had known a couple of the guys on the set, and I did a guest star. And then halfway through the day, um, I walked over to where they were all kind of hanging out. And I won't mention <laughs> which one of the guys, but he goes, get out of here. This isn't your scene. And I was like, what? He's like, it's like, get, get out of here. This isn't your scene. And we were right about to do a scene together. And I was like, hurt, you know? And like a couple of the other actors, they were like, oh, don't worry about it, it's okay. You know, it's, don't, don't, don't take it personally. So I walked away and I was like, God, oh, you know? And then it got me going, you know? And then I used it in the scene, and then ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, and you get there. So it worked, not something I would do. Um, to another actor, however, um, you know, however it, it, it comes out. Sometimes you got to take it there in order to go somewhere else. So yeah, you have to be sensitive to somebody else in the scene that you're acting with. And if it's not going that place, then you need to do something to switch it up. So I was doing a movie called Push years ago, and Chaz Palminteri was uh, in the movie. And in the movie, he kind of plays like my father figure. And we all know Chaz Palminteri is a great actor, tall, intimidating man, very, very generous, very nice. So in this scene, I am supposed to come in and tell him that I lost all this money and I need help and I need, I, need, I need him to bail me out of this life or death situation. So I kept coming into the scene, I'm supposed to be crying and this, and I wasn't bringing it, period. I was stinking up the room and I couldn't get there. And so all right, maybe, you know, take five or whatever. I come in, and I'm like, it oh, he goes, what'd you say? He grabs me, pulls me to him, and goes, slaps me across the face. Wham! Like this. The whole set, you can hear a pin drop. And I was like,
0: ah.
1: I started crying. He goes, what'd you say? He goes, come here, and he grabs me again, slaps me again. And the man's got hands, you know? Wham! And I'm like, Oh my God. And then I started to cry and started to get into it. And before you know it, I'm like, oh, da, da, da. And, I, and then cut, director yells, cut. He's like, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And I go outside and I bowl. I cried and I cried and I cried because I just got my ass handed to me by a football player in this business, right? And I went inside and Chaz, he, he, he grabbed me and he pulled me in and he gave me a big, huge hug. And he goes, don't take it personally, kid. He goes, De Niro slapped me. And if you go back and you watch, I think it was um, a Bronx tale. And in a scene, they're slapping each other or, or De Niro slaps him or something like that. And they would keep doing that back and forth until they actually got into the scene. So I felt it was a huge honor that he trusted me enough to slap me. <laughs> and then he told the, the story on Conan because uh, Conan was like, do actors get intimidated of you? And he was like, yeah, and he started to tell the story about how he slapped me, and, um, but we got there. So he was sensitive to me, and, and, and he was also being very generous in, in helping me. It wasn't about him, and I think that's something that we need to do as actors. Is, is, is be generous to the other actor because if, if we, you, we both need to look good. <laughs> you know, it's not all about me and my coverage and this and that. No, like we need to be generous to the other actor. We need to stand there and while they're doing their coverage and give them their lines because it's, it's, it's the right thing to do.
0: So it's almost like a rite of passage in some way, like he was like a hazing. You, you know, know like, yeah, exactly yeah, you what I
1: felt it yeah. was. It was a, a, a graduation. Almost when I got slapped by Chaz Palmentary. It taught me a lot. It taught me, you know, uh, if it's not going somewhere, switch it up, do something different. Um, I don't think I've slapped anybody. <laughs> 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 Maybe when I'm like 50, you know what I mean? And the new young guy's coming on, but like, yeah, don't take it personally, kid. Palmentary slapped me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And
0: then you can be on Kimmel or yeah, whatever exactly. and count it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you moved here to Los Angeles in 95? 1996.
1: 96, okay. Yeah.
0: Great. Um, do you think you work harder now than you did in 96 or is it a different type of working at it?
1: It's a different type of working at it. Like I said, you know, when I first moved here, you know, I had blinders on and you don't really realize um, what you're getting into, you know what this means. And so I you know, I worked very hard to, to break into the business and I got very lucky that it happened for me at a very early age. Um, you have to work just as hard, you know, if not harder, once you uh, do get some success. I think you have to keep working to hopefully Keep that success. Although this business is up and down, up and down, it doesn't really seem to be anywhere in between. At least for me, it kind of seems like you have those good years, and then you have years where you don't work, and it kind of, and you have to write it out. And um, a lot of actors will ask, uh, "What's what, what? What do you suggest? What, what what's your advice?" And I said, "The persistence is the key. Don't leave." You know, be the last one standing, I think is what um, my acting coach said to me. Um, Be the last one standing. So you you have to. Don't give up. Because if you give up, that might have been the next day where you got that audition that's going to change your life. So if it's who you are, don't give up. (laughs) You can't as much as you want to as much as i've have uh, many a days where i'm like <laughs> i just want to say peace out and run and go the other way but then i would be miserable you know because it's who i am so
0: so you, I, kn- I know we talked about this a long time ago in 2012 i think that you'd said that you you knew that this was a choice you were going to make but maybe you could revisit it for us where do you remember the exact moment where you said this is what I want like it's not going to be okay if if I you know this isn't going to work why don't I get a job uh, you know go back to like a vocational school and try to like get a desk job or so I mean when did you know that this was for you I
1: knew I knew I knew in um, in high school that's what I wanted to do at a very early age um, nobody was going to tell me differently and you know looking back, I, I don't think um, I, I, I'm not the guy to sit behind a desk at an office, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not who I am. Um, I'm kind of used to the uncertainty now and sort of the crazy off life <laughs> it, it is to be an actor. Um, it's not a regular thing. There's no certainty in this business. There's a mostly uncertainty. so you kind of have to roll with that.
0: Hmm, That's interesting. So being comfortable with being uncomfortable.
1: Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, uh it's uh being comfortable with being uncomfortable, which is pretty much all the time. And then you'll have uh, a couple great months where you work and you go on location. And the last movie I did, I went to Bulgaria for a month and a half and and got to work with Antonio Banderas and um, uh, Sir Ben Kingsley. And uh, it was amazing, you know? And then you come back and it's back to reality. (laughs) you know. So it's like... um, you know, uh, it's a very weird, weird business. It, it, it changes on a dime. And that's what I love about it. You know, um, you just never know. Again, you, you never know.
0: So, when those days come when stuff isn't happening, and believe me, for us, we have them too, even yeah. just with our little outlet, where like stuff's just not, there's the, the needle isn't moving at all. So, what, what do you do? Because it's easy to get frustrated. I mean, I get frustrated with. Um, again, you
1: know, I, I, I focus a lot of my attention, you know, especially those days where it's not not uh, working out or um, it's really slow. I will, again, do the paranormal investigating. I take people out and show them. Uh, I do a lot of investigations. I've got a couple coming up here in the next couple of weeks. And so I really keep, keep busy doing that because it's, um, you know, the uncertainty of uh, acting it's, it's quite frequent.
0: I'm just curious, are these crime scenes where is this is like maybe for someone who's about to buy a new house and there's been reported that there's a death or how does this work? This oh no, movie? I
1: mean uh, like I'll take people out to like really haunted, haunted locations. Um, it could be an insane asylum. Uh, it could be a, uh, I'm going to Gettysburg here in about a week. Um, when I filmed Ghost Dockers, they put us in the craziest locations, prisons, you know, and I would go in by myself. Uh, with a a camera, much like this, and my sticks, and a handheld camera, and a flashlight, and that's all that I would have is my safety. Um, So I really learned a lot about fear, (laughs) a whole different kind of fear. Uh, But yeah, it could be a a number of different kinds of places that are really haunted. I think the ghosts are all around us, spirits are all around us, um, but we really don't think about it because we think we have to be in a haunted house for this to happen. Well, I, I think they're everywhere just like people.
0: Do you ever, I because mean, you know, most of the time what I've heard is a lot of the spirits aren't unfriendly but when you've maybe encountered someone that's been in a bad place before they've passed on, do you, does it affect you?
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. You can walk into one of these places and feel uh, what happened there. Uh, some places make you sick, make you throw up, um, uh, make your heart race. Um, yeah, it's it, you're dealing with things that we cannot uh, put a, a, an answer on. We can't put a, a label on. You know, it's the supernatural. So, I'm um, uh, sorry. What was the beginning of the question?
0: Um, I'm just wondering if sometimes if the energy from someone that's in a lot of pain that hasn't crossed over, maybe they don't fully know that they're dead. You know, oh right. A lot of oh right, right, right. Yeah, they don't does it ever affect you does it ever because you're absorbing absolutely yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah it it affects me almost every time and, and and each place can be different in their energy sometimes um, it's a very tame environment and, uh, I, and then you'll go into like an insane asylum and I'll have a, a woman laugh in my face that I can't see and then I jumped like 10 feet back because it knocked the wind out of me. And then I went upstairs to this insane asylum and I hear this this man moaning and you see me go lockjaw because I just was frozen with fear. Um, and a misconception uh, about ghosts is that if something happens well then it's evil. You know, and it's it's a bad. It's bad. It's, it wants something from me. I, I felt it touched me. It must be evil, and it's a miscon. It's it's a it's a, uh, it's, a uh, it's usually misconstrued because uh, what happens uh, when a child wants our attention? They pull, they scratch. You know what I mean. So when people get pushed or scratched or pulled, um, it's just them saying, "Hey, I'm here," and this is how you're gonna know that I'm here. It's by doing something that you're going to undeniably feel or see so and then yes, there are evil spirits there's bad and good, and everything, but um, you know just because something happens to us doesn't mean that it's bad necessarily
0: interesting yeah. how did you know that you I, I mean because mediumship is that is that what we're talking about here sort of um, Being able to, to hear people that have passed on uh,
1: yeah, I guess not mediumship um, I don't know, I don't know what you would call it. I, 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 I guess I'm an investigator, um, mm-hmm. investigator of, of truth. You know, I, I wanna know what's going on because there are so many weird things in this world that we don't give credit to. You know, we walk around like this is normal. I don't think this is normal. I don't think humans are normal. (laughs) This has been happening for hundreds and hundreds of years, so it must be okay, but I think that we're the aliens walking around with these goofy limbs, and like, oh, how are you? How are you? You know what I mean? I think that's crazy. (laughs) I do. I do. I think that is bizarre in itself. And a lot of people just uh, write it off daily as being normal, when I think, I don't think it is normal. It's a a beautiful thing. Um, And I think past that, you know, there are ghosts, there are spirits, there are otherworldly creatures that we just don't give credit to. I think they exist. Um, I've seen a lot of weird things, experienced a lot of weird things uh, that provoke questions. And that's why I do it, because it makes you ask something deeper. You know, when you have an experience, nothing makes you feel more alive when when you're dealing with uh, the dead. You know, when you have an experience from a ghost or a, a spirit or something that has a very serious energy to it and you feel that it, it it you'll never forget it.
0: Have you had dreams about booking certain roles or that you weren't going to get them and then it happened? Occasionally. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'll have a dream that like I get a call from my manager and it's like, "Oh, you got the part," you know. And sometimes that doesn't happen and then sometimes it does, you know, because mm-hmm. usually I will know, not always, but when I get sides from an audition, I will know, okay, that's that's something I'm going to get or I'm close to getting or that's in my wheelhouse. So, you, you know, again, you got to pay attention to your intuition.
0: Chad, was there ever a time when you said no to television work?
1: Yes, there, there, there was a time. You know, when I first got here, there we had a pager, and I had to pull over to my, you know, call my agent on the phone and find a payphone. And uh, it's just back in those days. <laughs> Um, Usually it was like if you were a movie actor you were a movie actor and if you were a TV actor you were a TV actor and there really wasn't any in between and there was a time when again I was very very young and I thought well no I don't I don't want to do television I don't I don't want to do television I was getting handed a, uh, a series you know I I now, I'm like, of course I want to do television, you know, some of the greatest uh, stuff you can see right now is on TV. Um, but now with actors, you can do, there's so many uh, mediums with social media, you know, you got YouTube stars, you got Vine stars, you got all of these different people now. Um, but back when I started, it was, there was no internet, <laughs> you know, uh, it was movies and TV. And I've been really uh, grateful to, to be able to float back and forth and do film and do television. I think I've been on just about every show that's ever come out, um, which is cool. And I, I, you know, I feel blessed to have, uh, uh, be able to do both. Um, but there was a time when I was young when I thought maybe I didn't want to do TV and I just want to do movies. And that's, that's ignorant thinking, young thinking. You
0: know? okay right and um, so if you were to hear let's suppose you were with a group of actors who were maybe early 20s and and you heard them say that I'm, I'm not I just only want to do this medium not that would you say anything or would you just kind of let them develop their own process
1: no I'd say something you would and say say <laughs> uh, you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest and say don't be an idiot you know uh-huh. uh, you know and I have come across actors that say oh I don't want to do this right you know oh, I got to don't let, me hear, don't let me hear you complain about working or about being in this business. We are lucky to be in this business and to be working and nothing irritates me more than when I hear other actors bitching about their work and being on set and bitching about this and bitching about that. Shut your mouth and work. You know, um, you know, if you want to bitch, take it elsewhere and do that, but don't bring it to set because we are very lucky to do what we do. And granted, there have been times when I was much younger that I, I didn't realize what I had, um, you know, and I didn't have many older actors saying to me, hey, you know, <laughs> shape up, it's not going to be like this, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, it changed, it changed. And now I'm, I'm so grateful to, to work no matter what it is, TV, film, I mean, you know, something off the internet, uh, you know, uh, so I would say, hey, wise it up. <laughs> wise up and, and be appreciative of the work because most likely uh, your opportunity is not gonna be here tomorrow.
0: I think for so many people that are young, they don't realize There's so much, I mean, even if it's just the office job still, there's so much opportunity because the world treats you differently when you're 19 and have come from somewhere else. Right. But then after maybe even mid-20s, it just changes because it's not seen as like the young ingenue. Right. So is it a process you think a lot of people, once they stay in this town, they begin to realize and change themselves?
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I I think, um, I call it the L.A. machine. You cannot, or the Hollywood machine, no one escapes it. you know? No one escapes it. Everybody goes through the same exact thing. It's the same exact story. It's like uh, when we spoke about my big break and about, uh, you know, all of us actors living in that one house together. Um, now it's some other young actors and, 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 and that are coming to town, and so it's like... Everybody has the same story, just tells it differently. Everybody has the same obstacles in this town, maybe just a little bit different. You know, Is where, you know, my story was about my looks and, you know, I wasn't good looking enough, or, or you know, he's not a leading man, you know. And then I had my buddy who was very, very good looking and getting the complete opposite. Well, you're too good looking, <laughs> you know? Like, well, where, what, what do you guys want, you know? So you put up with a lot of that in this industry, and it's tough. It's tough, you know. Uh, no one wants to hear um, exactly how you look. <laughs> you know, this, uh, this, this industry is very honest. And, and, and now, at 40 years old, I know who I am, I know where I fit in. I'm okay with playing a, com- a computer geek, whereas before, you know, when I was young, I took it personally. Um, I took it very personally because in my mind I thought I was Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Maybe that was a little bit, bit of a delusion in myself, but that's how I had to see myself in order just to like do it. And then I started getting all these computer geek roles, and I'm like, but I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not that guy. And then over time, I had to realize, well, that's my wheelhouse, and that's those are the roles that are coming towards my way. And 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 now I embrace everything. You know, it's not about being a leading man and about being this particular actor. It's about being you mm-hmm. and being, and, and, and knowing what you bring to the table and what you're good at. And um, I feel like I've, after all this time, realized you know, what I am good at and, and, and looking forward to being challenged now that I'm 40 and, and uh, grown into myself. I, I'm looking for that next, next challenge.
0: Are you OK with being a sexy paranormal <laughs> theater? <laughs> Is that okay
1: yeah okay yeah that works good. for me yeah okay, no. and, and again you know uh, <laughs> now you know when people ask me what i do uh-huh. i say i'm an actor and i'm a paranormal investigator this is two uh two things that i take very very seriously and um and it's worked out it's worked out in, in both realms so realms um so um, i feel very fortunate uh, to be where i'm at and, and and to have worked like i have and uh like like we talked about it doesn't happen for everybody and it's It's scary.
0: Well, I mean, not everybody has the ability to like themselves or love themselves because of some label, whether it's even true or not, that someone else in power has put on them. Right. Have you been able to come to that place? And what advice do you have for other people? I mean, just as a woman, I know there's so much pressure, whether it's, Looks, weight, whether you're married or not. Yeah. and and I think a lot of women don't love themselves, and I'm sure it's interesting to hear that men go through it too. yeah, that's it's kind of a shocker for me. I didn't yeah. realize it. but how do you come to terms with loving yourself no matter what the label is someone puts on you, what even if it's not true, the label they're putting on? You?
1: <sighs> I think it's tough. I think it's I think it's tough. the number one thing hard thing to do is to love yourself. I think I think I think we need to learn at a young age, maybe you know, we really need to practice that, loving ourselves and not, you know, pointing the finger at ourselves and saying, you know, you did this wrong and you did this wrong because we have plenty of people saying that in this town. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's a daily work. I think it's daily work because I have those days where I'm like, ah, you know, you were terrible. And then you have those days where you're like, oh, you were amazing, you know, so uh, It's a daily work and i think it's not just for women i think it's for men too um i think i think we're all insecure in this town to some degree in a a little bit you know and it's how do we deal with that how do we try to fill ourselves up with something positive so
0: i noticed too it seems like there's either total self-hatred of oneself in this town or total Self-love, there's <laughs> right. very little gray area.
1: Right, it's so true, it is, it's, it, it is true. There's a lot of self-hatred, or there's a lot of, like, way too much self-loving going on, you <laughs> know what <laughs> I mean? Like, okay, come back down to, to right. everybody else. Um, yeah, you're right, there is no in-between, and I think if we can find a way to sort of be in that in-between and have a healthy ego, as well as loving ourselves, I think that's a good combination to have.
0: When it comes to your acting career, is there anything that you do every day no matter what? Whether it's look in the mirror and say, I can do this, whether it's have a cup of coffee, what, what is it that every day you do no matter what that helps toward the acting career? Not just getting up and being a human, but...
1: It helps toward the acting career. Well, I think um, keeping sharp in your mind. I, I do a lot of like... Uh, exercises <clears throat> like for instance, before I did this uh, interview or um, uh, you know before I do an audition, I will go to a magazine or a book and I'll read out loud for like two pages you know and, and enunciate every word and, and, and push it out because a lot of the times uh, I was getting stuck in here. you know when I, when I do an audition or I'm working or I'll get stuck in here and uh, I read daily just to like sort of help pronunciate and I tell other actors it's a great way before auditions to really get that enunciation it's just to read out loud for you know two or three pages and you'll feel your mouth getting warmed up and then you're ready to go and then you don't have to to uh to worry about that you know because I would worry about getting stuck you know because the fear would get in there or something like that or you know auditions are frightening they're terrifying as an actor. I mean, and they're enjoyable too sometimes when they go well. Um, but they're terrifying, you know. Even still, like before an audition, I'll get sweaty hands and I'll have to like talk myself down, and it's a process. You know, it's not a it's not a natural process to go in and to subject yourself to uh, uh, six or seven people in the room, the director, the casting director, the producers, um, who are all staring at you like. <laughs> you know, and you have to perform. and you hope it goes well. Um, but it's, it could be very terrifying. So anything that you can do to alleviate that stress, you know, uh, does help. So I'll read and, and then just get out, uh, take my dog for a walk and, and um, you know hang out with uh, uh, all my friends who I have a great f- uh, friend base here, which is I think is important um, when you live in LA to have good friends. Um, because again, there are a lot of people here that will just want to take and take and take, and maybe not appreciate you for who you are. So um, it's important to have good good people around you.
0: Mm. You think being nervous is a good thing? Because I know for me, people always say, "Oh, calm down." You're you're, but I almost think that that shows that you care. Sure, That's no, I good. think mm-hmm.
1: absolutely. I think if you're not nervous, something's wrong with you. You know, I think I think you need to go back to the table and re re. Uh, uh assess what's going on with you if you're not nervous about this audition uh you know then what's going on with you um you should be nervous you know i I think it does it absolutely means that you care (laughs) you know you want to put on your best and you want to uh you want to you want to do your best you know but it is it's it's very nerve-wracking and um you know i i get nervous before auditions still i've been doing this for 22 years, you know, before an event, before I had to get up and talk to, uh, you know, a big crowd, sure, you know, there's, there's not, again, I don't think we should be complacent or too relaxed, um, which is interesting because in our work we have to appear relaxed, <laughs> you know, but inside just like, oh my God, I'm going to freak out, you know, because right. you have a, a huge director looking at you or they've brought in their main actor to, to read with you. You know, you got to put that out of your brain. You know, I remember doing an audition with, with Brad Pitt uh, for The Mexican. I got close on an uh, on a, on a audition, and my manager at the time says, oh, yeah, you're going to be reading with Brad Pitt. So nonchalantly. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, okay, sure. But you have to go in, and you have to put that aside. And, um, you know, I got to audition with Brad Pitt and, and do a scene. And how cool is that? How fun is that? Uh, so you never know there's a lot of fun in auditions and you get surprises like that sometimes where certain actors will bring them in to read with you and I didn't end up getting the part but just being able to go in and, and read with somebody that you admire it's you've won already
0: for me I get nervous and I get clumsy were there ever times when you got so nervous but you, you had to maybe go for a walk around the block or yeah, do something? Yeah,
1: usually um, I'll have to, there's an exercise where you just tense up all of your body just before an audition. You know, I'll be in the waiting room. And it's so funny to walk to, to watch other actors do their thing in the room. You know, I'm not one that's very like, da 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 da, da, da. you got the actors in the room, they're <laughs> saying their stuff out loud. And I'm like, don't do that. Go outside. Can't stand that. Don't be an actor. <laughs> Uh, just don't, you know what I mean? Like, preserve it, go or go somewhere else, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll do something where I'll tense up your entire body until and then you let it go, and then that'll like sort of relax the body um, or, uh, you know, whatever you got to do to sort of relieve that stress. And then a lot of the times, that nervous energy helps because you'll get into the room and then that'll just propel you through the scene, and, and you're like, yeah, I did it. You know, and they're like, "Oh, that was amazing," and then you can kind of like, okay, you can fall into it a little bit more and, and and trust yourself, which is hard to do.
0: Do you ever get so nervous that you can't sleep? You yeah, I'm not a
1: very good sleeper. I'm not a very good sleeper, and I, that that over time here in LA has I went from <laughs> being a really good sleeper to ah uh, no, I just don't sleep very well in this town. I think. I don't know that a lot of people do here. I don't know, it's possible, but I think it's a collective sort of energy that this town has, right? It's everybody's trying to like, you know? So I don't have a lot of good friends that I I know of that sleep very well, Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I get nervous, especially before an audition the night before, Or, or like a set, if I've got to go to set the next day and work with, you know, a major actor, and I'm terrified of getting steamrolled, <laughs> you know? Um, it could be very terrifying, absolutely. And then you get on set and it's fine and you know the other actors are there, but there's always that concern of getting the part, like, am I gonna be good enough? And you have to tell yourself, I have to remind myself, you got the part, you know? Something you did worked. <laughs> because we'll get it and be like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, or, you know, I've been in that situation, you know, the day of, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you get there and you meet the other actors and it just falls into place. So, yeah.
0: But from someone else who has a lot of trouble sleeping, that four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, like the terror that goes right. through yeah, your yeah. mind, yeah. Are any, anything you do to kind of alleviate that? Because that, that can be really scary. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Man, just write it out. Write <laughs> it out until you're able to fall back asleep. But I'm the same way. I I wake up at all weird times and um yeah, sleep and me are not friends, but uh you know, I'm not really a nap taker either. Um I just can't fall asleep that easily. Right. I got so much going on here. <laughs> um
0: but yeah, you read, or do you like? For me, I'll watch uh, videos on computer coding, and it usually puts me to really? sleep. <laughs> I guess that Is would it, put anybody it, to sleep. Right? Yeah, like learning HTML, like uh, these YouTube videos, and it does yes. help. But like, are there different things that help you? Wow, I uh, know. <laughs> I guess uh, I should start <laughs>
1: watching these YouTube videos on uh, different codings and uh, JavaScript. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. Put me to sleep yeah. right away.
0: So, yeah. so you'll just go through it? You'll, I'll you'll just write it, out, it. Yeah.
1: write it out. Write it out. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, it works out, you know. And then once you get on set, the adrenaline takes over. <laughs> and, uh, and then later on, you, like, you feel it, you know. Uh, you'll be working on something, and you do a fight scene. I won't feel anything. And then later that night, you'll go home, and you'll be like, oh, my God, what have I done to myself? Because in a scene, I... I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take a hit. I'll do whatever it takes, you know. You get, you, your adrenaline's going. You don't feel it, necessarily, until you're taking a shower and you're like, oh, this bruise. Oh, this bruise. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That was from today. So.
0: What about the paranormal side of you at like 3 in the morning, because I've heard that that's very like, um, there's like a thing. Like the witching vein. hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah
1: uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, at 3 a.m., this is, this, you know, all paranormal things happen. You know why? It's the people say that, or what I think people say is because, number one, we're not doing this. Right? It's the quiet time. Right? We're not so busy thinking about our lives and about this. Usually things are a little still at that time, so we're able to connect with what's going on, maybe. Um... <clears throat> But yes, usually after I do a, a paranormal event or after I was done filming Ghost Dockers, I would have a very, very hard time falling asleep. Um, it's like a paranormal PTSD actually, you know, I would have to like really like sort of uh, help myself to sleep, which was a very hard process to do because you're dealing with things that are of not of this world and uh, uh, energies that we cannot... Um, a, put a put a label on and so it definitely plays into it and, and sleep and you know and i start to and, and of course the dreams after you've been in these places are very very visceral and very real um, a lot of my dreams actually i'm in a haunted location probably for the last four or five years i'm in a haunted location trying to get in or out trying to help people get in or out and i don't know what that is
0: seeing is it to help them cross over i mean if you really wanted to go maybe
1: maybe that's it i don't know but just i'm in a haunted location trying to find my way out or trying to find my way in so i don't, I don't have no idea what that i don't dream about acting so i was <laughs> yeah. just gonna ask that i don't you that. Dream about about you're acting. picking up on my next question but about yeah. ghosts about um i'll go into a location and and and, and especially when i was doing the show and then they'll sort of appear uh, they'll make themselves uh, uh i can see them in my dreams Which is very weird. Like, I'll actually see, you know. And I've woke up screaming, you know, a lot. And um, wake up and, uh, you know, uh, uh, the dishes will be thrown off um, the the cabinets. And uh, I had a nice little uh, scurry creature in my house. It was an imp. An imp. uh, It's like a little troll, you know. It's like arms and whatnot. Okay, so, yeah, I, um, I had this little scurry little thing creature in my house called an imp. And it was around the time I was shooting the uh, the show Ghost Ghost Stalkers, and I had come home from doing three investigations in two weeks, or a week and a half, which is crazy. I came back home, and uh, I'm sitting on the couch with uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time, and um, all of a sudden, I I see um, I see this big black dot, sort of like the size of a fifty cent piece, maybe bigger, like this. I saw it sort of go all the way across the back of the couch, right? And my ex is sitting here. I see this this ball of black sort of mass come on the back of the couch like this. As soon as I lose sight of it, my ex-girlfriend, she's like this. She picks up on it, sees the thing come down, and all of a sudden, it had these long sort of pointy fingers, right? and she saw it manifest from a black ball and it got into these like long prickly hands and then I felt my shirt go boop like that. It picked up my shirt, it hopped off the couch, I heard it go boom onto the floor and it scurried into my room. Insane! Insane! And I would see this thing sort of like crawl up the walls at night and then I had to do this whole thing to try to get it out of the house. But um. It was interesting because we both saw it and it manifested into this thing and it, it was like it was playing with me. And I felt it pick up the back of my shirt, hop off the couch, and scurry off. They're like little pranksters.
0: And is it is it energy from, from a deceased that's... Not, what, 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 An imp?
1: What? Uh, well, no, I don't think I think that's one of the otherworldly creatures that we have, the trolls, the fairies, all these little things that sort of inhibit uh, nature, so to speak. And I think once it realized that I can hear, talk to, and I'm in that world, so you know when I especially after I do an event, I am so keen and, and picked up on every little thing. It really tunes your senses to what's going on. So I was kind of in that world anyway and um, Sure enough, I mean, this thing ran the back of my couch. It was very intelligent, and um, we both saw it, so that's one of many things that that happens. Uh, In my house, has been pretty quiet for a while, which has been nice, because there are times when my dog doesn't sleep. You know, I have a little little dog, Lima, and uh, she's sort of my barometer, because she'll look and see something, or she'll back away, or I'll watch her eyes, go from one person to another, which is quite insane. Um, but that hasn't happened in a while. Um, yeah, or I'll hear something scurry along the carpet and it'll end up in the kitchen and you hear the the, the, the dish it is It's crazy. It's crazy.
0: Are you able to turn it off? Yeah. <laughs> um...
1: It's a hard thing to turn off. It's a really hard thing to turn off. I, I had... Uh, I had done an investigation where it was a really uh, not so nice place and uh, my energy changed right away. I was with a buddy and uh, I got angry and I got home and I was pacing back and forth and I sort of uh, had attached, or not I didn't attach, but some spirits had attached themselves to me, followed me back to my place and they caused havoc in my place for a while. So it was a real process to actually get to sleep at night Knowing that my dog is freaking out, I had to like hold her close because she's freaking out about what she's seeing, and they're like right there, they're, like just standing right there. You can feel their presence. Or I'll wake up and uh, Lima will be across my chest, and she'll be she'll be rigid and she'll be like that low growl, staring, just right to the next to me like this. Things like that happen, but it you know makes it interesting. Um,
0: I don't really like that
1: stuff in my home, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's it's, it's, a, um, it's part of the game, I think, if you go out and you open yourself up to some degree. Uh, and I feel like I have sort of a, a fun nature, so these spirits are like, yeah, he's a Disneyland, let's go hang out with him. <laughs> and then um, you sort of have to talk them out, you have to say, you know, this is your home like if you're at somewhere in a, a haunted place, you say, this is your home, you have to stay here, you cannot come back home with me. Right. Um, and then over time, it'll sort of dissipate, and they'll sort of go wherever they need to go, they'll go back home, maybe they'll, uh, you know, cross over, which is a question that you asked, um, Do people know, like, do some spirits know that they're dead? And and the question, the the answer is no. I've had I've had uh, I've been on a device before. It's called a spirit box, and and it's a uh, modified radio that scans different radio frequencies, and it it causes a white noise for you to be able to talk to spirits in real time. And I said, uh, Do you know that you're dead? And then I heard a woman come through. She goes, I am. And the way she said it was so sad. And she had no idea. And so maybe, just maybe, she heard that and was like, "Ugh," and then she went off and and joined, you know, on the other side, whatever it is, I have no idea. I would like to think there's something beyond this, or else, what the hell?
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Or else, what the hell? I
1: mean, this love uh, has to mean something, and if we can't carry that over somewhere and love the people that we loved on this life, then... I know I love how this is getting so like <laughs> deep and you know um, that we're going back between acting and, and this. But I think it all plays into life.
0: So with your work as a paranormal investigator, do some people have trouble accepting it, believing it? Do they, are they fearful of it?
1: Yes. I, I think if um, somebody, somebody says yes, to a certain experience that they had, then they have to, then they have to go in there and reassess everything that they believe. Um, and that can be too scary for people sometimes. Um, I think of it as a gift. I think of it when something happens to me uh, that you can't explain, it's a gift. Uh, when I first started doing this, I was at an investigation at the Linda Vista Hospital in Los Angeles. It's an old abandoned hospital. Check it out, it's a pretty cool spot. Um, during this investigation, um, I had asked, and I said, well, what's in this room? And then you hear through the box, it goes, a demon, right? Whether or not that's true or not, who knows? But I went home that night, it was actually the next day, and uh, ex-girlfriend of mine goes, babe, did you get scratched? And I'm like, where is it? She's like, on your neck. And I'm like, "Yeah, hey, it's been burning, actually. So I went and I looked tonight. Looked into the mirror, and sure enough, there were three scratches on my neck. Two of them went this way, and then one went this way. So whatever scratched me had this weird sort of like effed up claw, right? Oh my God. And it was like a hypodermic needle scratch. So I can scratch myself like this all day long. It's not going to make that thin hypodermic needle sort of scratch. And sure enough, there were three of them, and they burned. It's unlike anything else, they burned, right? Right? And they stayed there for probably a good three or four days. And that was sort of the beginning of me. A lot of people would be like, oh, I'm never doing that again. And I was like, no, I felt like whatever touched me, um, we connected in some weird way, whatever it was. And that kind of like led me on this whole crusade. And, 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 you know, when something happens like that, it makes you ask those deeper questions. Well, what was that? What was it that scratched me? I don't know, but I want to go and try to figure it out.
0: Do you do you want to help these entities, or are you just interested in just being present and having them speak to you?
1: Um, I absolutely go into it with with uh, it all depends on your intention. So some people will go in there and puff up their chest and say, "I'm gonna kick your ass! Come do something to me!" <laughs> you know, and then you might get your ass handed to you in some in some way. I always go in and say, I'm here at a love and respect. It's your intention. And, and not, not always is going to protect you, but it's your intention. And I feel like they sense that, they know. It's funny, they'll know your name before you walk in somewhere. I feel like, you know, I, I've said, do you know who I am? And, and nine times out of 10, they'll say, Chad, 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 you know, whatever. Um, Did you know we were gonna be here? Yes. Did you have a hand in bringing us here? Yes. So I don't know what it is, um, I, you know, possibly, and these are all my my sort of speculations and what I've gathered from people that I've worked in this industry that maybe we have this sort of like this energy that sort of beams out of us, right? And spirits are able to go in there and decode it, sort of like pick out like things that are like, and, and be able to, to know things about us so that they couldn't possibly know. So it's weird. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Mm. I know. Yeah, no, we, no, no, no. I, 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 it reminds me of some things I won't go into, but yeah, yeah. I've, right. I've, I've talked to Dave about certain things. It's, it's hard to talk to other people about it, though, because people get scared of it. Well, know? right.
1: People do get scared yeah. of it. And, uh, and, and that's okay. It is scary. I mean, before I would go into these places, especially on the show, I'm terrified. I'm absolutely 110% terrified. I would call my mom before I walked in these places, you know, during, during the show. Be like I love you you know I mean I felt like my life was in danger you know because you're just you can't pre- you can't anticipate you know uh, what you're coming up against and maybe that's why I like it because on set I know what's coming <laughs> I know everybody's lines you know but
0: this it's like you know
1: it's, hmm. it's completely a you know, whole different kind of fear
0: yeah that's interesting that it is such a different. Thing because it's totally unexpected, whereas the set is controlled. Very controlled. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not
1: wear and know where the scene is going or how the acting is going to be, uh, but you know, you know where it's probably going to head and the lines and whatnot. Uh, Doing the paranormal, I'll walk in. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, but I know it's going to. I do it because it teaches me something about life and about myself. And and again, there's so much weird things in this world that we don't give credit to why not go out and explore it and try to have a weird experience? I mean, I think we all can sort of go back in our brain and be like, there was this one time, there was this one time, everybody's got a story in there. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are afraid to acknowledge it because it means they have to sort of go in there and open
0: up a different way. So to other actors, find that other thing that really moves you that maybe is just like a complete opposite of what the business is? Absolutely,
1: I, I, I think, yes, Find something. We have a lot of passions. I don't think you know we can just have one passion. You know. And, and for me, acting definitely is a passion of mine. It's who I am. Um, but I found something that, that fulfills me uh, just as much in a whole different way and challenges me in a whole different way. So I think you know, assess what your passions are and, and, and go after them because the acting is not always going to be consistent. Um, I think you know, anyone here that lives here in this town knows that. So whether, you know, uh, if you're an artist, draw. I mean, do something creative in the, in the, in the meantime. Or investigate ghosts like I do and, and call it good. So,
0: <laughs> What is your product or your brand? Who, who, what is the brand of Chad Lindbergh?
1: Good question. Um, well, again, I think these days we're especially able to, to brand ourselves with, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all of these social media aspects. You know, I I guess I don't ever look at myself as a brand, but I guess I am to some degree um, because I'm selling myself. And, and a lot of, you know, I'm Chad Lindbergh and, and what comes with that, you know, uh, the acting and the paranormal. And, um, I, you know, especially these days, it is important, I think, to promote yourself, um, to use the social media aspect. And and my brand is me, uh, Chad Lindbergh, whatever that entails that day, you know. Um, generally, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy and, and I love people and I love... Uh, interacting with my fans, um, and I, I call them friends actually. I, I'm not a big fan, of, not a big fan of the word of fans. Um, I call them my friends, and uh, I, you know, a lot of these people I've, 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 I've met through the years through Twitter and uh, all this social media. I've gotten jobs because of, of, of social media, uh, because of uh, on Supernatural, they had killed me, spoiler alert, they had killed me on season two. And then uh, Twitter came along and I sort of led this revolt um, on Twitter and said let's make some noise and get uh, Ash back on the show. And people wrote letters, they made posters, they made videos, and the producers got wind of that and actually had me back on the show. This is kind of like in the beginning of Twitter, so nowadays, like, you know, okay, who cares? <laughs> you know, But it worked, it worked, and it was the power of fans, number one. Um, and the, the power of the fandom, I mean, the, the Supernatural fandom is insanely loyal and, 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 and just awesome. And I'm so blessed to have them. Um, so I guess, you know, I guess the brand is, is me, whatever, whatever Chad is that day. And, and, and I try to be honest with people. You know, if I'm not feeling good that day, I'll let people know. I don't like to um, fake it. You know, I I like to sort of let people know exactly what's going on with me. And if, and if I'm not feeling great, great that day, then probably not a good time to be on social media and to take a break. You know, don't tweet angry. (laughs) Don't tweet angry.
0: What What are some of the things that you'll say to just let people know? You know, what maybe today's just going to be a quiet day for me.
1: I just won't say anything. I just won't get on social media. Um, But there are days when I'm feeling uh, awful, and you got you still have something that you got to promote. So. You know uh, typically those days I'll just sort of like tweet something and not get on Periscope or anything that people get to see me you know and look into my eyes and say oh, maybe he's not doing too well today so you know I try to keep it honest
0: do you feel pressure to get back to people because I know you know you want to say thank you and I think I've seen you a couple of times thank people and yeah when I've checked in on your Twitter so do you feel pressure to make sure that everybody feels heard from um
1: Not so much. I I, I mean, I get a lot of tweets and a lot of people writing questions or, you know, um, on Snapchat and it it would be impossible to catch everybody. It's just impossible. But I try, I try, especially on Twitter, you know, I'll spend a good hour sometimes just saying hi to people, you know, Um, and I tell a lot of other actors in this industry, you know, the social media is just as important now as, you know, getting the job. You know, we have to sort of, it comes hand in hand and, and uh, it does help. It'll help you get back on a show or, you know, you've got something coming up and you want everyone to go see it. Well, social media allows people now to, to catch wind of something that you're doing. or it's, it's really an important tool.
0: I know you've done a lot of panels or like Comic-Con or different mm-hmm. ones. So will you tweet about going somewhere and then you see people show up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I do a
1: lot of supernatural conventions, a lot of conventions in general. Or if I'm doing investigations, I want people to show up, you know, say I'm going to be here and then you see those people show up. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, I I love social media. uh, Sometimes it can be a little bit of a, you know, you got your trolls on there and you've got the haters and whatnot. But I I always say um, if you've got the lovers and the haters, then you're doing something right.
0: Right. Yeah. Chad, do you find that most Hollywood actors are competitive or actresses? Um,
1: Yeah, I think this is a very competitive town. Um, And I think we do have a lot of competition out there. But again, I always say this again to other actors that ask me, I say the competition is really with yourself. That's it. You're competing with you. Um, at the end of the day, it's you. Uh, yes, you're going to have actors that you come against and, and maybe you're going to lose that role. Well, that role was not meant to be yours. I think a role is so personal that it, it, it goes to the person that it's meant to go to. You know, um, Do I think anybody else could have played Ash on Supernatural? No. You know what I mean? Um, am I right for uh, this movie that Edward Norton got? No, that's him. It's, it's, it's a very personal thing, a role. So I, I think that the, the competition is with you. You need to be able to step up and do it um, and believe that you're gonna be the one that's gonna get the job. And it might not go your way and it just wasn't meant to be. And that's how I deal with it. It's like, all right, it's not meant to be. So it's, it's not my role. Um, but you have to go through all of those auditions in order to get that one part. And you may know, I mean I know most of the time, oh, I'm probably not going to get this. This is not the guy they're looking for but you go in and you have to take that step in order to get to the job that you're going to get maybe 5, 6, maybe 10, 20 auditions down the road. You have to do it.
0: Was this always your mindset or did it evolve over time? Uh, yeah, I think it
1: evolved over time. I, I've been lucky in that my career has gone very step by step by step by step by step. Frustrating at times because I just want to be like, yeah, you go here and, and life will be great. And I don't think it works that way. Um, I've had friends go from here to here really, really fast. And that messed you know, with, with their brain, I think. I I. I, I yeah, I've been very lucky in, in that I've had a slow burn in this business and, and that I've worked a lot and have done things that have been very recognizable. Um, so I, I feel blessed that I've sort of been kept in check <laughs> along the way and taken those proper steps and, and been able to have a, a healthy perspective about it um, 22 years later. Uh, back when I was younger, it was just like... You know, you're young and you just have no idea. And like I said, I put on the blinders and I just go. Nowadays, you know, you sort of like take off the blinders. And you'd be like, all right, you got to, you know, you know, I, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you got to, yeah, you got to, yeah, yeah, you got to yeah, uh, 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 have a healthy perspective and, and, and keep it all in check. You know, because uh, we can, you know, I think lose a little bit of reality when we're, you know, start spending that money that we haven't even gotten the job yet, or where you know what I mean? you just gotta keep it in check and then uh, and even when you get the job, you just gotta like keep in check.
0: Also too, then you found the love or or the love for paranormal investigation was enhanced. maybe if it had been too many projects all at once, you wouldn't have had time to. See that? I don't know. Right, I'm, I'm right. Putting words in your mouth, but. well,
1: right. Yeah, if it happened too fast, then you know. And you know, again, I did get a lot of big things in the in the beginning of my career. Um, I don't know. If it, if it happens too fast, I think I think you could be in a lot of trouble. Um, and everybody's everybody's uh, timing is different. You know what I mean? You could be. Ten years old and be nominated for an act, you know, for best best actor, and or, and that's when your moment arrives. Or you could be forty and have your moment arrive. Or you can be, you know, like uh, Brian Cranston, who has been working for years and years and years and years. Right, great actor. Not many people really knew who he was, and then he got Malcolm in the Middle. Right and then Breaking Bad came along and now who doesn't know who Brian <laughs> Cranston is? You know, he's an older guy and, and he had his moment, you know, his big, big moment with Breaking Bad. So it's like, you just don't know, you know? And, and so you just keep plugging away and you just don't give up and um, just keep believing.
0: How important do you think it is for an actor to know who they are? You talked about turning 40 and feeling like you know who you are, you feel comfortable. Do you think people 40, 50, 60, all of them know that? No,
1: no. I, well, I think we're always learning. And, and the moment we say we know who we are, then I can probably come tomorrow and be like, I have no idea who I am. I have no idea what's going on, what is happening. Um, again, I think having a healthy perspective, having good family, you know, or friends um, definitely help keep you grounded. Uh, having a dog <laughs> keeps you know you need things to keep you grounded, um, and in this industry, I think you need to know what works for you. You need to know what your wheelhouse is. You know, again, when I first got down here, I was shooting after after leading man roles, and I'm gonna be the leading man, and I would get close, but then they wouldn't cast me because I'm not what they were looking for physically. I can give them what they were looking for energy wise, but not physically. So. You know, it, it took me a while to be okay with being the geek in these particular roles, or or being this guy, and 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 then realizing, you know, I'm in a good spot, being a, being where I'm at because I can go a million different ways. I feel like, you know, I'm not I'm not uh, pigeonholed into one particular uh, character or, or or look. So,
0: hmm. I mean, that's interesting that you see yourself as as a geek, maybe, maybe you don't, I don't see you as that. I see you more as a leading man, and I'm sure there's a lot of women, and probably men too, that would. <laughs> um, do you ever feel pressure? I, I think I asked you this earlier, but just to be sort of this this guy that's people look up to and that they find attractive, and I'm putting you on the no, spot, no, but right? uh, sorry. I'm sorry. But but do you feel that pressure? Because if you, if someone doesn't see themselves that way, but the outside world maybe does, right. maybe one casting director here didn't, or this person didn't, but right. maybe other people do. Do you ever feel, isn't it a weird sort of a thing? Cause other people see you maybe in a different light. Right. That you, and, and that and you I, are more the eating right. man. And I
1: appreciate that. Thank it's you. Okay. I, again, I feel I'm like I- am putting you on the
0: spot. So I, right, no, it's
1: okay. I, I, again, I feel like I grew into myself. You know, uh, um, when I first got here, I looked like I was 12 and I was 19 and and I did fit into more of the geek. And there's nothing wrong, I am a geek at heart. I, you know, I'm a serious geek at heart. And maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why I play so many. Cause I just, I, you know, I am a geek at heart. Um, but yes, there you know, there's a lot of pressure in this town, and uh, you know, for for years, um, you know, this industry makes you very aware of how you look, and, and, and the you know how you're perceived, and um, for a while, um, I I uh, I was very um, self-conscious about my chin. And uh, for years I was always very self-conscious about it and, and I could never figure out why. And I would do a profile shot and I'd be like, oh my God, I was so self-conscious about this, even as a young boy. And then I got to LA and, um, and it was sort of, uh, you know, after going out and I was sort of in the pinnacle of like trying to find who I was. And, and uh, it was sort of suggested to me that, well, I remember asking somebody in this business well why why am I not getting these rolls?" And they were like this and, I, and it was like it was so detrimental to me I was like no, it's true like it's true they, okay, it's true like it is my chin you know And it was something that just bothered me for years and it just it just bothered me and then I'd stuff it right and I was gonna, I was gonna get a, 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 a chin enhancement. I was going to get a surgery at the time, and uh, this was like back in the days of Maslin, so it was back in ninety something, 98 99 And so I, I had gone and gotten a uh, a, uh, a loan, and I was I saw this doctor here in Los Angeles, and okay, I was going to do it. I was going to get a chin implant, and here we go. I was going to be taken seriously, and then uh, my friends at the time talked me out of it, and I'm glad I did. And it was something I really. At that time, uh, found out who I was without the chin, without anything, and I really came into my own and felt like, okay, I, I know who I am. And then over time, I stuffed, still stuffed that insecurity down, deep down, until it sort of came out one night when I'm we playing a board game with my family. Something questioned about the looks, and I said something about my chin, and I was really defensive about it. And then my family was like, "Why don't you just do it?" And I'm like yeah well maybe it's okay maybe it's okay if i you know this is something i feel like i I need to do within myself so fast forward uh however many years ago i forget maybe this was like six seven years ago um i went home to a family doctor and i got a chin implant and no one would be able to to tell um they just put like a little sort of uh slit here and they just kind of slid this little implant here and then when it was done I felt like, oh, okay, this is how I felt inside the whole time, but my outer never really fit this way. And then I got the, uh, the chin implant, I got the surgery done, and it's actually in the My Big, Big Break documentary. And um, from, that day for, uh, from that day on, I've never questioned it. I've never been like, oh, I got a chin. It just felt like, okay, now my face feels like it always should have. And it gave me a confidence inside of myself that wasn't there before, and 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 so um, and I and I I say this because uh, a lot of actors in this town do things to themselves to alter their looks um, in a certain way, and that's something uh, that's a reality of this business. And and more often than not, most people have had something done. And I talk about it, and I'm very honest about it, and it's in the movie My Big Break where they actually show the doctor. Doing the surgery on me and me waking up and um, so many people lie about it and it's their own thing it's it's their own if you don't want to tell people it's okay but I wanted to tell people because it is a it's a thing in this industry and I say whatever makes you feel better if it makes you feel better um, and it helps you know your confidence then go for it you know what I'm saying um, And then there are some people that maybe take it to the hilt and just do way too much because they're trying to feed an insecurity that you cannot fill. You know what I mean? You have to go within. But this was one thing that made me feel like me. So, um, yeah, I think there is a pressure, absolutely. And it's how you deal with it, and it's how you find yourself. um, But at the end of the day, you have to do something for you. And, and that's why I did it. It was for me. It wasn't. It wasn't for the industry. It was not for acting. I had gotten past that. It wasn't. It wasn't for anybody in this town. It was for me. And um, once I did it, I felt great, and I haven't really thought about it since. So,
0: after the surgery, did people treat you differently?
1: No, no. Which is good. Which is good. Uh, they didn't treat me differently. I maybe treated myself differently. I. I probably. Uh, I'm not as, um, uh, you know, if I, I'm not as self-conscious about my profile. You know, that was something even as a boy, which at a young age you really shouldn't have any sort of like perception of your body and and be insecure like that. But I was. I remember being very insecure about my profile, and then when it was brought to my attention here in town, I'm like, oh God, it's it's true. It's all very true. But after doing it, I felt so much better, and uh, I felt more confident in myself, and um, no one treated me differently, you know, and, and, and not many people know, you know, unless they've seen the movie, uh, they're like, I've, I couldn't even tell. And I'm like, well, yeah, that was the whole point, you know, and I have a really, had a really good doctor who wanted to make it so subtle that it wasn't a thing, you know. And then you wake up and you have that moment where you're like, oh my god, I look different, you know. And you had to go through that whole thing and then you sort of settle into your your new look, so to speak. But uh, I had before and after pictures and it made a, a huge difference and sort of, um, I think, you know, uh, Maybe it'll make the, the difference later on about playing a leading man sort of role, and I'm never gonna be this sort of leading man that, that is, and the great thing these days it's leading man has sort of changed into this. It's not you know the typical really good looking guy now. It could be more interesting people, which I think is what people wanna see. It's more interesting people, um, people that they can relate to. Uh, but maybe this makes a difference, maybe it doesn't, but for me it, it made a huge difference.
0: So it sounds like it was more internal. Then is is really where it it made the difference. Yeah, it was felt.
1: it was very much internal, and it was something that I had I had stuffed down, and it it would create such an anger inside of me until I heard that it was okay, and within my and it was always okay. My my parents and family always supported it, but once they said, "Hey, just do it," I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I should." And then I talked to Tony and Elizabeth about it, and they supported it. Um, uh, so, you know, yeah, it, again, it's, it's, it's unfortunately the looks department is a bottomless pit here in Los Angeles and um, I think if you could sort of uh, keep a middle ground, don't go too crazy, you know, keep who you are, but just maybe, you know, do the things that you got to do to make yourself feel better.
0: Some people have trouble taking compliments and then some people, they can't take enough compliments about them and they're, they're, right. they're busy giving their own compliments uh, about themselves. Right. How has that been for you to, to come into your own whatever it is, you piece that you've come to be with yourself? How is that to accept compliments? Because I'm sure there's people, let's not talk about the trolls, because they always exist right, for right, anything, right, right. But, but people that do give you genuine compliments, whether it's about your looks, your performance. You're ghost hunting. Right,
1: right, right. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, I take, I think compliments, I don't know. I, I, yeah. Again, like there are people that just want to hear themselves being adored left and right. And I think they got a real issue. I think they got a problem. And I think that's a scary place to be in. You know, I think, I think if that's the case, you are so insecure. And you need to find <laughs> something inside of you that's real. Because, uh, you know. On the flip side, um, I, I think I think it's hard to take compliments sometimes. I, I you know I guess it falls back into loving yourself and being okay with taking compliments. And and again, I'm always uh, so uh, uh, humbled by compliments, and um, uh, I, I take it to heart because it, it means a lot to me. And these are people that again in my lives and and these in the uh, friends, like fans, whatever you know. I I just. I feel very lucky to, 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 to get those compliments so I, I, I take them very seriously and, and to heart.
0: When you walk into an audition what are you telling yourself? Even if you think I have this idea about who this character is and I don't think I'm going to get it but I'm going to still show up and try to do what I can.
1: What do I tell myself?
0: Are you giving yourself any kind of a talk or no each, each situation is totally different?
1: I don't think for me talks really help in that instance. Um, you know, if I have an audition that day, you're thinking, okay, especially if, if it's at 5 p.m., which I hate later auditions, because you have to hold on to that all day. Drives me crazy. I like a good early audition in the morning, let's get it done, <laughs> you know? Because um, it's tough, you got to hang on to that all day. Uh, I think preparation is, is key uh you know a talk for me won't do me because i'm so nervous and i'm like shut up chad i don't want to hear your (laughs) bullshit right now (laughs) just go in and do it and i think you just got to go in there and do it you got to be prepared um i you know i like to if i have my sides here i will i will memorize the whole entire thing especially if it's like the next day and one thing i i do to sort of help that Um, Actors, pay attention, Uh, it's really a great thing. Uh, Every phone now has a voice recorder, right? So I will go and I'll take the sides and I'll read every line, even if it's not my line, I will read the entire scene out loud uh, at a very monotone voice, and then I'll replay that over and over and over again. And you go in the next day and it'll be memorized. So I think preparation will take away sort of any anxiety that you have. Well, you should be anxious and nervous, but it's going to take away that that extra moment of uh, fear because, look, we've all, uh, I don't know, uh, actors, uh, some, of, some sometimes we don't prepare as much as we should we've gone in, we've all been there, we've all been there, and um, you know, you, you, you get called on it, you know, you, you go in there and you be doing your thing and you lose your place and you've got to go back. And it's awful, you know, your, your face turns red, and, and it's like, and you know that instance, you're like, I'm not getting this, this just went out the door. Um, so you got to be prepared, and it's tough to do, because sometimes you'll get an audition uh, for the next day, and you'll get another one, and you'll get another one, and you've got three the next day, and they're all 15 pages long, and they want to see be seen. so, you know, you got you uh, to be willing to do that work.
0: Chad, I know you said that you've made a decision to have your life as an actor and whatever ups and downs that brings, but do you look at your career as a business? Yes,
1: I do think that it's a business. Um, they call it, uh, was it show business, not show friends? <laughs> it's a business, and it's a very hard business, um, but it's very rewarding too if you're able to break in and. Uh, and do some of the great projects that I've done. I, I feel very lucky, but there is a business that, that comes with it. Um, you got to make hard decisions. Uh, sometimes you have to part ways with, you know, your uh, agent or your manager or or somebody that you've uh, built a relationship with, and you have to move on. And those are the worst conversations to have. They are awful, um, especially me. I, 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 take, I, take, I take everything to heart, and um, I just don't take any relationship granted uh, for granted. So um, yeah, there are hard choices, and it, it is a business. However, if you can, if you can uh, focus on your creativity and, and um, remind yourself of why you're doing it and, and the love that you have for it, uh, the business part is always going to be there, but it won't become, I don't think it should become uh, the main focus. I think we should uh, focus on our creativity and, and then, yeah, we got we to gotta play the game too.
0: Have you ever had a friendship or an acquaintance sour because they felt intimidated? Or maybe they felt like their accomplishments didn't measure up with yours?
1: yeah i've had i've had friends um yeah fame is a funny thing that 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 gets sort of uh in the way of friendships all the friendships i've had have have you should be happy for your for your friends because their success is my success my success is your success um i'm the same way on on twitter and instagram like I'll boost up my friends, and, and and hopefully they'll do the same for me. I mean, that's why we're doing this. We have to lift each other up. Um, I've had friends, I've had a, a friend take his own life because he didn't think he was good enough. Uh, it was somebody that I worked with in this town, and it's a reminder of, of again, where this place can take you if you're not... You know, if you don't reach out and sort of be like, "Hey, you know, you're not the only one that's feeling this stuff," so it, it's—I've seen it go tons of different ways. I've seen friends, you know, succeed. I've seen friends move back home. I've seen friends, uh, unfortunately, pass on. And you know, it happens. You know, it's—it's it's a really hard uh, industry, and I—and I. And I um, again, and I'll go back to the guy today who wanted me to get him into the business. Man, you got to be 110% about this business or don't, don't do it because it's, it's just so hard. And, um, but if it's who you are, then I can't imagine doing anything else. So then pursue it. If, they, if, you, if you can't imagine doing anything else, then you should absolutely pursue it and see where it goes. Take a risk. Take a chance. You know, I think that's why we're here on this earth is to take chances.
0: What if uh, you learned about making money as an actor? And if that's too personal. No, I no, no, no okay. please. Yeah. Let me try it again then. Um, what have you learned about making money as an actor,
1: Chad? Um, that it comes and goes very quickly, uh, too quickly sometimes. Um, the, the main misconception that people have is that actors are rich, that we live, you know, lavishly, and some do, some do. You know, I think a very small percentage do. Um, But, you know, for the majority of of us working actors, you know, we'll have a little income come in and then it's gone the next minute. And it's tough, you know, even at this point in my career, it's still hard. And people are like, oh, you're rich and you're no, I'm not. I'm really not um, again, you know i'm not I'm not season ten on a series uh, that's been going on for years. um you know, I am not so and so that's making twenty million dollars a picture. It just doesn't picture what am I like back in the days now? I'm calling them, <laughs> calling them pictures <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I think we should go Cecil back to calling them pictures yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah the the most common misconception is that. Uh, we're rich and that's just not the case and uh, You know, uh, you know, I'll find any other way to to, uh, Bring that money in and thank God there are residuals that keep us alive Um, You know, and I've found other ways to bring in income Um, But it's tough man, and I would say, you know, hang on to your money if you get it and even I have a problem with that you know Um, Because there's no there's no steady there's not a steady job you know what I mean so it's like when it comes in you feel like you gotta enjoy it you know because you don't know when it's gonna come next and uh, you know even at this age I have to learn to to hang on to it (laughs) because you just don't know when it's going to uh, when you're gonna get paid again and it could be you could you could get paid very well or you know not get paid and um, you gotta respect the money.
0: Yeah, it's funny if you do a a a search, a Google search on just any famous person or or well known person. Those like the drop down suggestions, and so it'll it'll suggest you know whether the person's married or not, and then inevitably like the third thing is net worth. It's just so funny that everybody wants to know it, you know. Right. Chad being a person of interest, being a celebrity, whatever label or non-label you want to put on it, there's always going to be people online that are going to say different things. And I have to say that I saw something that said death rumor, and I, I was like, what? I yeah, mean, yeah. So how do you how do you handle something like that? That's it was a little eerie at
1: first because a buddy of mine uh, brought it to my attention like a couple years ago, and there's this website that does death rumors or. You know, their net worth is like $30 million, and that couldn't be further from the truth. And uh, and then one was like, uh, Chad Lindenberg was killed in a car crowd or whatever. And I read it, and it felt eerie. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't like that feeling at all. It was like, I don't know. It just put that energy into the air, like, oh, my God possibly could die or maybe what is it you know it's it's just a very weird thing um, and and people like to uh, stir up crap on the internet and, and you know and I, I don't and to these to these websites that think it's funny to do this or if they make money on it uh, piss off <laughs> piss off with your death rumors and stuff like that because people take that seriously you know What if my mom or my sister happened to come across that? And even I told them about it and it wigged them out, too. It's like, nah, that's not cool, you know. Um, I don't know why people think it's funny to do something like that or to spread a rumor online that someone has passed. Someday that's going to be a reality. It's not very funny, you know. I I think, um, you know. Again, we're dealing with people that don't have much time on their hands or these websites that want to uh, 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 benefit off of you know celebrity and making up these false rumors. And that's where we get into trouble, you know? I mean… Yeah.
0: Right, well, I've, I've seen it done to a lot of people and I guess maybe in some ways if you had to look at it in any way that's positive, well, at least you have a name that people right. care about. I mean, <laughs> right. Really, yeah. right, right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: I guess they are concerned about whether or not I'm alive right. or dead, so that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, and now it's it's funny because now I talk to the dead, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't know.
0: Right, so, you're, so since you're so close to that world, how was it to see that, or maybe you weren't doing the investigation? I was, yeah, yeah at, at the were. time, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Um, well, you know, I, again, Doing the paranormal um, and and experiencing the things that I do really makes you ask those questions and it makes you realize just how fragile this is. I mean, on a daily basis. I'm just like, you see someone get in an accident or someone passes away and you're like, well, why? Why did that have to happen? Why did so-and-so have to pass away? Like, why did so-and-so have to go the way they did? You know, I don't know. I don't know. So it's a reminder that we should just appreciate every moment that we have because we just don't know.
0: What's the biggest audition you've ever had?
1: Wow, the biggest audition I've ever had. Uh, Good question. Um, Man, I would say uh, the October Sky um, audition I had was... uh, you, know, you, you went from the casting director and then the director and then I got the screen test which a screen test is always interesting because they put you up in the clothes and the outfits and they actually film you doing this scene and you've got two other actors that are hoping to get the same part and they come up and they dress them up you know, identical to you. And, and, um, Uh, you get really, really close, and so I ended up getting the the movie and and it worked out. Uh, Then you think about the other two guys that that showed up on set and uh, went through the whole rigmarole. You gotta sign the paperwork and everything and it doesn't happen. Um, So you definitely feel the stakes you know are pretty high. Uh, And then an interesting sort of uh, audition story that I I tell a lot. Um, Again, this is something I I learned uh, when the Fast and the Furious audition came my way. Again, the, where I was at in my time, at that time in my life, I didn't realize what I had. I was off in my own sort of thinking about what I, I, I thought about the business. I got the audition and it was called Redline actually at the time. And I, I remember passing on the audition and uh, why? Because I just didn't want to, I, I, I had in my mind I wanted to do something completely different with my life at the time. Again, maybe 23 years old, you know. So I got the audition, I passed. Got the audition twice, I passed, right? My agent at the time calls me up and says, What are you doing? Like, you really want to pass on this? And I said, Yeah. I mean, I was just being a little punk. She's like, Fine. Hung up the phone on me. I'm like, Yeah, right? I'm, I'm making these de- decisions. <laughs> Another agent from the same agency called me up and he said, Chad you know, come on, go in, go in, just go in. I'm like, okay, I'll go in. I was being a brat. I was being a a brat. And I went and I auditioned and I I met the director, Rob Cohen. He's very friendly and and so nice and uh, the casting director who who I love. And and, uh, so I auditioned and, and they liked what I did. And then they called me back or they want me to come back and read with a couple of the other actors. And so I'm like, all right. And then you start to like sort of play it in your mind, you're like, oh, oh, you like me? Okay, (laughs) you know, all right, yeah, yeah, I'll go back in, yeah, sure. So I go in and I read with, um, I think it was Matt Schultz at the time and, uh, and Johnny Strong, I believe. And they were trying to fit like the guys, that, you know, because they already had, you know, uh, Paul and Vin and everybody. And um, I ended up booking this movie. I got the part. And, and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And we're going to do all these cars. And then we got on set and it became, you know, this crazy thing. And everyone's going to be like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be huge. It's going to be this big movie. And I'm like, no, I just don't, I don't, I don't think so. Guys, I was just so locked into this, into this brain of mine. And then, uh, lo and behold, it became like. A huge phenomenon it changed my life instantly and it taught me again that you never 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 know uh, don't don't turn down an audition don't don't be silly you know and I was really silly and I tell this story and not that I I am so appreciative that I went in and I, and I was given that opportunity and uh, it changed my life forever forever so um, I learned a, a valuable lesson then you know just you know keep your mind open you know, appreciate what you have if it comes when you're nineteen, if it comes when you're forty. just appreciate that moment so
0: what were you hoping for at twenty three what what type of role would you have thought was more? I mean I, I realize a lot of actors they're not maybe at that time, and then they see what it is right. later, right. but what were you what kind of I
1: guess at that time I wanted to do something edgy and, 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 and Hardcore, you know, in
0: my mind or something. Yeah, I just wanted
1: to do something. Just you know, I didn't, I you know, maybe it was again, it was the computer geek. You know, it was like computer geek Jesse. You know, and it was like in my mind, maybe I was sort of like pushing away those characters because I would just keep getting computer guy, computer this, computer this, and it drove me crazy. You know. So maybe that also played a part in it and I was just sort of like pushing that away I'm like no I'm not that guy I want to do something crazy and swear and and be a crazy weird guy and um you know when it again when it's your part it's a very personal thing and it will find you it will find you and I'm so lucky that it did because again that movie has now become you know, they're working on number eight, and it's like, you know, again, people uh, recognize me from it every day, and they tell me how much that movie means to them, and how many times they've seen it. And, and, and so I'm like, whew. um, Again, I've been very lucky. So, uh, yeah, you just never know.
0: Did you ever drive your own white Jetta? <laughs> no. And they barely <laughs> let us drive in the
1: movie too because you just don't give actors uh, cars on set. <laughs> uh, we got to drive it a little bit and then they would put us in uh, picture cars, which was great. And uh, the scene where I'm racing Johnny Tran, they, uh, they had tied up my car. Uh, it was a picture car. They tied it up to a semi and they hauled me like at 70, 80 miles per hour. And then they put an actual car from my eye line racing next to me. So when I'm driving like this it's you're actually like racing somebody not for real but you know they're in complete control obviously the cameras are on the the you know the bed of the truck and whatnot so um but yeah you know looking back man I mean so cool just you know I wish to do I want to do something like that now and have the sort of the, the greater appreciation and the, 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 the majestical scope that I have now about this business and what it means, I think that would be a, a huge thrill, you know, to go back and sort of do something like that, that, that has such a, again, again, you just never know. The movies that you think are gonna be huge, <laughs> no, not so much. And then the movies you think, eh, I don't know, turn out to be phenomenons, so.
0: Well, that's the beauty of being twenty three is that you don't sometimes realize what what's being given, you know I think the right. Older, There's a beauty to
1: that too. yeah, absolutely. and i I had no idea, and that taught me a lot, you know.
0: So going back to October sky, yeah. where were you in your life when you had that audition? What was your mind? to it?
1: I was barely twenty one years old. I had just turned twenty one um. I was in sort of the same mindset. I remember being on set and thinking, I don't know that anyone, and that was my, that was, I don't even know. And, and, and I love this interview because it, it, it makes me reflect and makes me go back and sort of reappreciate you know, the things that I've gone through and been through and, uh, and that have worked out, you know. I, it's scary to think, what if it didn't work out? Where would I be? What would I be doing? Um, so I was a fresh 21, and you know, I'm now I'm on set with, with uh, all of these uh, picture cars, and it was these time period. You know, we're telling this true story about Homer Hickam and the Rocket Boys, and Jake Hall was, he was 16, I think, at the time. He was being um, uh, still, uh, he had to do school on set, you know, and Willie Scott and I were the two oldest, and. Um, and again we, we had the uh, the only thing to do in uh in tennessee was the uh the 24 uh, hour walmart <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> and that's how we kept ourselves busy and uh you know I remember the studio sending us uh, playstations you know when we first got the part and we're like these kids and like oh you're sending us like playstations and like all of a sudden you're just being uh, thrown all these opportunities and it's it's again, when you're, when you're young and you don't realize it. Uh, but that was one of the greatest times ever. Uh, one of the most pure, just, you know, when you're that age too, you're not really thinking about all of the adult stuff that has to come into play, you know, that we worry about much later on. Um, we're just free and had fun, so, uh, you know. And we just had, the, the, the they just did a uh, Rocket Boys Festival that I just attended uh, not too long ago. Uh, for its uh, anniversary, I guess 15 what was it 15 years? 15 years?: No wait, that was fast and the furious, probably longer. I don't know. now all these anniversaries, it just reminds me of how, how much I've been in this uh, industry. But, uh, but yeah, it's cool to see where all these projects go and what they become. And...
0: So 40, a young 40. Thank you. I <laughs> play a lot younger, but what would you like to see yourself doing?
1: I would love to play an alien. Um, Much like uh, Starman with Jeff Bridges back in the day, one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, I wanna play an alien that comes to Earth and then falls in love. That whole typical story that we've seen a million times. But I've always wanted to play an alien. I don't know, I think I would be a really good alien. Yeah, or a monster. I wanna play a villain, but like a a, a famous villain of some sort, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I want to play a, an alien. <laughs> you heard it here first. An
0: alien. Huh. What is it about… Uh, because I would… I could envision you playing something… Well, I mean, it's still supernatural. To, yeah. To yeah, yeah. A, so… Yeah. But what is it about… the? I mean, what was it about Starman? I
1: don't know, you know? I, I, I don't know. I just love those sort of… Those movies about… about the… Uh, about an alien or that movie Powder, you know? I I, I just something you know when the character is something uh, supernatural or um, I don't know I've just always loved those alien comes to earth stories and tries to figure out how to go home and falls in love in the process and I've always I don't know I've always wanted to play an alien.
0: And persecuted, but really a good guy. But the, really a good people guy. People are scared, yeah. so xenophobic, they don't know who he exactly. is. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: but told on a very simple level. I think these days it's like this grandiose CGI and stuff like that. And, and uh, let's just go back to their relationship and the story. I, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm all about the aliens and the ghosts and the, uh, the weird stuff in this world, and, and I want to tap into that and, and play it.
0: Why do you think you resonate with uh, weirder characters? Cause I'm weird. (laughs) Cause I'm weird. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I've always, I always play a little bit left. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm always playing off kilter. Um, I have the hardest time playing simple. I have a hard time playing just a regular guy. Uh, It's hard for me. I'll go in and try to like, always make it a little bit more interesting or I'm just sort of off kilter guy. In a good way, it's kind of what I can bring to the table. Uh, if people say Childenberg, well, you can, you know, come in and be weird, you know, do my thing. So maybe that's why I'm always attracted to. I just don't like normal. I don't like normal. I've never been a fan of normal, whatever normal means. I think normal's scary.
0: But were you always that accepting of of the weird label? Because I know, like in high school, no one wants to get that label, right? right. Um, everyone wants to be part of like the in-group, right? but then I think as you get older, you realize, I kind of have seen the in-group, that's, that's kind of too boring. Mm,
1: yeah, you know? the in-group was never uh, something I strived for. In high school, I was cool with everybody uh, because I was the weird guy. I was the weird, funny guy who, you know, everybody just knew could laugh at. You know, I was uh, the guy who was making jokes and got up on stage and I wanted to entertain people. Uh, so uh, I was the go-to weird guy, I still am. But I, you know, weird in a good sense, not weird like, where are you coming from, dude? <laughs> not, not John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> just just weird fun. You right. Know? Um, yeah, which, you know, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> and being comfortable with
1: that. Being comfortable being with being yourself, comfortable. exactly. I've always been pretty comfortable with me. Um, and uh, I guess that's why I became an actor. It's because I knew I'm weird. I, I can make this
0: work for me. So, here I am. (laughs) Chad, we have a quote here from someone which is an unlikely person to quote for acting, but it's from David Bowie. Mm -hmm. And I just found it the other day, I thought it was interesting. And the quote said, as you get older, questions come down to about two or three things. How long and what do I do with the time that I have left? and the reason this kind of stuck out to me was I'm just thinking about it in my own life. So I'm just wondering for you, does this bring up anything interesting? Just because, you know, life changes after the 20s, and does this...
1: Yeah, I mean, I just turned 40, and so uh, that question definitely looms. It's like, well, um, how much longer? How am I going to go? Um, What what more do I have to do here? Uh, There's a lot to do. I feel like forty's uh, the new twenty, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. And it, you know, it makes me reflect on all of my time that I've that I've spent in Los Angeles and pursuing an acting career. And I look back, and I'm like, thank God, because when you're young, you don't really realize what you're getting into, you know. And I kind of had my blinders on, and I'm like, well, nothing is gonna get here. I'm gonna go and do it. And uh, I'm very lucky that it happened because it doesn't happen for a lot of people. So 22 years in, I'm like, <laughs> but it's still just as hard as it was.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, you're an incredibly young 40. Thank you. You have Thank on you. Your side, yeah. Yeah. Um, but now, do you think maybe there'll be new roles? Um, maybe not Jesse, or maybe Jesse reinvents it. Right. But but now there's a whole new thing open to you. As a 40-year-old male, right. age, you could still pass for a way younger life.
1: But... Right. No, I, I appreciate that. Um, uh, I can't do high school anymore. <laughs> I'm pushing college. Uh, but it definitely worked for me when I was younger. I mean, I played, you know, I was 20 playing 15, you know, so now I can still play 30s. <laughs> but it definitely lends uh, me to do more interesting roles, I think, now because I have grown into myself. I know who I am. I'm much more confident in who I am. Um, You know, when you're in that 20, late 20s, 30s, I kind of squandered a bit because I'm like, well, I don't really fit here, and I don't really fit here. Um, So now that I've come into my 40s, I feel very confident about where I'm going. So,
0: where did you think you didn't fit in? That's interesting, because I don't see you that way, but I'm just curious, where, because I could see you fitting into so many roles, but... Um. Well, I wasn't
1: quite a man, as funny as that sounds. You know, I'm in my 30s, um, and in my early 30s were a really tough time in this business, uh, because I I started out by getting big roles right away. I mean, I started working. My first audition, I booked, and, and uh, you know, my career started kind of like here. And then as I was 30, I kind of had to backtrack a little bit and sort of sort out what a lot of actors go through in the beginning of their careers, trying to get the hustle. And and so I kind of had to, like, step back a little bit and reassess everything. So um, I wasn't quite an older guy, you know, to play this role, and I wasn't quite young enough. I was just kind of interesting enough. My early 30s, it was an awkward stage for me. Weird as that is. So